Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. Look to the Word of the Lord for a few minutes. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm in church today. Oh, I feel like I'm in church. It's not church until the saints of God are really worshiping Him like we have today in spirit and truth. It's not church until we have a sense that the divine presence of God has showed up, and we don't accept that by faith alone, but we feel the presence of God, the Spirit of God. We have a sense of it today. It's not church until we give our worship by way of an offering, and we've done that today. It's not church for me until I hear a Hammond B3 organ, hallelujah. It's not. I got to hear that. I hear it today. It's not church until the choir sings. It's not church until the preacher preaches, which is what we're endeavoring to do right now. It's not church until somebody finds Jesus Christ for the first time in their life. It's not church until someone goes to a new level in their walk with God. It's not church until somebody hears the voice of God speaking to them. And that's my goal in this message today, that the Lord will take you to a new place, that he will inspire you through the power of his word, because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's my privilege to speak to you today from Luke chapter 17. beginning with verse 20. Now when he, referring to Jesus, was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Would you say that last phrase with me? The kingdom of God is within you. Say it again. The kingdom of God is within you. Jesus said it doesn't come necessarily by observation because the kingdom that I'm going to establish, he was saying, is going to be in the hearts and in the souls and in the spirits of people like the people that he was talking to. Now, last week, the Lord blessed us with a great Mother's Day. Wasn't that a great Mother's Day? All day long, we had two services, which is unusual for us. Brother Stone King was with us, and God filled a mother and daughter right together with the baptism of the Holy Ghost last Sunday. Amen. And three others received the baptism of the Holy Ghost for five. Let's thank the Lord for that. Amen. And next Sunday, we're going to have a tremendous time here We're going to come casually dressed, but we won't have casual worship. We'll be passionate about the things of God. And then we're going to have a dinner, a picnic together. We have some games and so forth planned for the children. And us old people can just sit in our lawn chairs and relax. I can say that now because I'm 50. But I want to talk to you today on this subject. The kingdom of God works. Praise God. The kingdom of God, if you will work it, it'll work. Amen. If you will try it, it will work. Every time the kingdom of God is tried, it will work. It never fails. Everybody's going to help me preach by saying amen at least one time during this message. May be seated. (laughs) While Jesus was physically here with us on this earth during his three and a half years of ministry, he began to progressively reveal and explain what the kingdom of God was all about. And might I say that I can find no differentiation in the scripture between the phrases kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God. They seem to be used interchangeably. And Jesus revealed progressively, line upon line, here a little and there a little, what the kingdom of God was all about because 
in Jesus' day, the day that he came to, they knew actually, in all reality, very little about what the kingdom of God was truly all about. There were many misconceptions in his day of what the kingdom of God was. In fact, there was some very bad theology that Jesus had to deal with in his tenure of ministry on this earth. For example, the Pharisees believed not only in a strict by the letter interpretation and adherence to the law, but they also took the law into their own hands and they wrote their own personal interpretations about what they thought God meant to the tune of a, uh, we call it the Mishnah, and the Mishnah is a book that's about that thick. It's 800 English, it, for us now, English written pages of interpreting the first five books of the Word of God, which is called the Law or the Books of Moses. And the Bible says that these Pharisees taught for doctrine the commandments of men. Can you imagine that? They established literal doctrines, heaven or hell doctrines, on the commandments of men. That was the Pharisees in a capsule. The Sadducees, on the other hand, did not believe in anything supernatural. They did not believe in anything spiritual. They did not believe in angels. They did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. They did not believe in divine healing. And, of course, we know that these components are very important in the kingdom of God. And so you can see that the trouble that theology was in when Jesus stepped on the scene. To say the least, he had his work cut out for him. So he went to work, and he began to lay a foundation for the kingdom of God, and he began to talk about what the kingdom of God looked like. And he started talking about what the kingdom of God would sound like. And he started talking about what the kingdom of God would feel like. And then he started to give a little bit here and a little bit there of how to get into the kingdom of God. And when you got into the kingdom of God, what difference it would make in your life. Can somebody put your amen in right there? Amen. Amen. Now, here are some clues that Jesus gave us. so that we would know what the kingdom of God was all about. First of all, from Luke chapter 10, verse 8. Listen to what he said to his disciples. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat the things that are set before you. Now, that's my favorite part of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm sorry. That I, I'm a little hungry. I, that's really not what, where I'm going with this. He said... When they set food before you, eat it. And then verse 9, he said, watch this. And heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God is come near to you. Praise God. Jesus was saying, when the sick are healed, know that the kingdom of God is very close to you. Everybody said amen. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 28, here's what he said. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Hallelujah. How many knows we live in a spirit world? We are living in a spirit world. Can I tell you where the world is headed? It's headed either toward faith in Jesus Christ or teetotal demonic possession. That's where the world is going. You're not going to be able to float in the middle anywhere that's going to come down to the choice to either be filled with the Spirit of God or to be filled with the Spirit of the devil. Amen. And I'm so glad that the kingdom of God is manifested when devils are cast out. You say, well, we're a nice-looking church today, and we've got nice suit clothes on, and, and you know, none of us are, 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 are from a, a tribe somewhere in Africa, and, and, and we're educated, and and uh, we've got good paying jobs and, and uh, we don't have to worry about 
demonic possession here in America, friend, let me tell you something. The devil doesn't always play his cards in America like he does in other parts of the world like I've seen. But don't you mistake it for one minute. The kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of hell and the kingdom of this world is very much alive. It's not very well, but it's very much alive in this world today. But Jesus said, when you have authority over devils, when devils flee, when evil spirits are cast out, when the torment of your mind is delivered, he said, you can know for a fact that my kingdom has come near to you. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 7, I feel the Lord helping us today. Amen. Matthew chapter 10, verse 7, he said, And as you go, preach and say, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful today that I know at least a little something about the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. I know something about the kingdom of God. And you know what? The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not buildings like Dr. Barry said and paint and carpet and keyboards and drums and chairs. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God is a spirit kingdom that takes up residence inside of us. I'm happy to say today I'm in that kingdom and the kingdom is in me. Hallelujah. Jesus said the kingdom is within you. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. I feel the presence of God here today. Praise God. Amen. In this verse that Jesus gave us that I just read to you in Matthew 10, verses 7 and 8, I want to make a couple of observations about it. Jesus said there are two prominent signs initially that will show you that the kingdom of God has come. That sicknesses are healed. Evil spirits flee. I said two. Actually, there are many. Lepers are cleansed. The dead are raised. Praise God. Sickness and disease and demonic oppression and leprosy are not from the kingdom of God. That's why when Jesus came, he confronted leprosy. He touched lepers. He confronted the dead, and he raised them from the dead. He confronted disease and sickness. And the Bible says many times that sickness and disease had to flee. Am I in a spirit-filled church today? Am I in a kingdom operational church today? I want you to know, friend, if you got sickness in your body, it didn't come from God. If you got disease in your body, it didn't come from the kingdom of God. If you've got leprosy in the physical or in the spiritual it didn't come from God if you've got deadness in your spirit it didn't come from God and Jesus is here today to attack he's here today to deliver he's here today to collide with everything that's not like his kingdom oh somebody let your voice out and praise him right now hallelujah oh hallelujah Amen. Sickness and disease and bondage is not a part of the kingdom of God. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Praise God. Jesus not only taught us what the kingdom of God looked like, what it felt like, what it sounded like. He began to teach us how to get into the kingdom. Praise God. If you're happy you found out how to get into the kingdom, say, thank God. Now, let's, let's take a look at this, Matthew 4, 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is right here. It's at hand. Hallelujah. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Luke chapter 13, verse 5. Jesus said, But unless you repent you will all likewise perish. Mark chapter 1, verse 14. Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and said, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus was saying to us in not only one place, but several places in the scripture that if you want to get started on this journey called the kingdom of God, if you want to matriculate in the college called the kingdom, if you want to be born into the kingdom, there's the first thing you got to do and he said the first thing is to repent 
Hallelujah. The life church is old-fashioned enough to believe that there are still good old-fashioned sinners. It's refreshing to meet a sinner now and then. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. It's refreshing to meet somebody that just says, man, I'm a loser. I, I don't even know. I don't own a Bible. I couldn't even tell you. I couldn't quote one verse to you. I've done this and I've done that and I need to be saved. I'm so glad, friend, I have an answer for that person. Hallelujah. Some of you might have read the article uh, in this week's Newsweek uh, about the Pope who was trying to talk about his vision and his idea of who Jesus was. And friend, there were some things that he really, that he said that were really right. And I was saying, go Pope. Hallelujah. Go. And one of the things that he said was, Jesus Christ is the only answer for the ills of our society. He's got that right, friend. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus Christ is the answer and the only way you can come to him. He said the first thing you got to do, you know, before you become friends with God, before you can get on good terms with God, before you can have communication with God, there's only one prayer you can offer, and that is, oh, God, be merciful to me. Oh, God, forgive me of my sins. I turn from my life of, of sin. I turn from my shame, and I'm looking to you, Jesus. Please forgive me of my sins. Oh, friend. I want you to know repentance can happen in a moment. It can happen in 10 minutes. I prayed with people. It took them two hours to repent. It just depends on what the need of the heart is. Hallelujah. But, oh, the Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you've never repented of your sins, friend, I'm going to tell you right now, you can be in a church today, but you're not in the kingdom. You can hear a preacher today, but you're not in the kingdom. Praise God. I got, I'm getting paid to do this today. I'm doing my job today. And my job is to tell you what Jesus said. Except you repent, you shall perish. Oh, hallelujah. I thank God where there's a dynamic of repentance in a church, where there's a dynamic of the cleansing and the washing of the power of forgiveness. Oh, that's how we get in. That's how we get in the kingdom of God. Unless you sit back and say, well, bless God, I repented 30 years ago. Friend, you need to repent of that. Smile. You're not on candid camera, but smile. Praise God. Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 5, Most assuredly, I say to you, Unless one is born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say unto you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wants to, and you hear the sound of it, but you can't tell where it came from or where it goes. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. If you want to continue your journey after repenting of your sins to fully enter into the kingdom of God, there's something else for you. There's another experience for you. Jesus said you can be born of water right there. He was not speaking of natural birth. He was not speaking of the breaking of, of the water of a mother as she gives birth. Oh, no, that would be redundant language. Jesus wasn't saying, well, to be born, again, you got to be born the first time. No. That would be foolish talk. He was speaking of the birth of water. Amen. The baptism of water. Amen. And he said, and you must be born of the baptism of the Spirit. And, and am I in a church today that believes in the baptism of water and the baptism of Spirit? Amen. We preach it here, and guess what? It happens. Hallelujah. And somebody can be born of water and of the Spirit today. Oh, when the kingdom of God begins to move, when the kingdom of God comes, friend, I know what it feels like. I know what it looks like. I know what it sounds like. Woo. We got to look at these word pictures in the Bible to make sure that we understand what the kingdom of God is all about. Amen. I've already quoted this, but Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit ghost hallelujah when the kingdom of god is operating your life it will be distinctly marked by these three characteristics everybody say righteousness, righteousness. everybody said peace. peace everybody said joy, joy. in the holy ghost 
Amen. That's what Paul said. The kingdom of God will distinguish itself in your life because you will be wrapped with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Friend, the kingdom of God is not sitting there saying, well, I gave this and I did that and I'm this and I have this position and I do that. No, that's a bunch of junk. Nobody's going to earn their way to heaven. Nobody's going to buy their own salvation. We're not saved by works. The Bible says, lest any man should boast. That'd be, friend, that, that's too hard. That, that's too complicated. We don't get into this comparison, competition thing. We are saved by the grace of God. We are saved by the mercies of God that are new every morning. And there's a multitude of them. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Righteousness. The Bible says as many as are baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Oh, hallelujah. I see Sister Monica out here today. Her and her sweet daughter got the Holy Ghost. Amen. I, have you been baptized, Monica? Oh, we got to do that. Woo, we got to do that. Hallelujah. We got to do that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. As many as are baptized into Christ, they have put on Christ. That means going to your Nordstrom's, hallelujah, and getting a $1,000 suit of clothes. Put on Christ. Hallelujah. As many as are baptized into Christ have been rolled with Christ. Friend, if you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, you're a good person, and we thank God for it, but you can't get good enough to get God, and you can't be good enough to get saved. Hallelujah. you got to do it the way Jesus said. Amen. If you're a good person, you're, you're still in need, desperate need, amen, of being baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Woo. Oh, hallelujah. What a feeling to be robed with Jesus Christ. Righteousness. Peace. Everybody say peace. If you want to know if your life is operating in or out of the will of God, look at the peace factor. You can have a whole lot of hell going on in all, of your, all around you, but if you got the peace of God reigning in your heart, Amen. You know it's going to be all right. And, G and Paul said to us, he said, the kingdom of God, you can have peace in a storm. Amen. In the kingdom of God, if you're in the kingdom of God, you can have peace in hardship. You can have peace in trial. You can have peace in trouble. You can have peace in sickness. You can have peace when the doctor says, it's not looking very good. Oh, hallelujah. I don't want to embarrass anybody here today, but I see Brother Randy Williams over here today. Randy, we've been praying for you. We've been praying for you. He's been born of the water and the Spirit at a time in his life. He needs the refreshing. He needs the strength. And he's got a gun pointed at his body right now that says you're not long for this world. He knows it. He's got a terminal condition in his body. But I want you to know, friend, if God doesn't heal you or God doesn't heal him or me, we can have our heads high. We can be rolled with his righteousness. We can have the peace of God. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. See, why do you get out in the aisles and dance? Well, I got joy. Listen, joy is not an emotion. Joy is not even a feeling. Joy is a knowledge. It's an understanding. It's a revelation. The Bible says about Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and despised the shame. He didn't enjoy the cross, but it was joy to him because he knew when he suffered and he bled and he died, he knew that we were going to be liberated. He knew that we were going to be delivered. He knew that we were going to be set free. Friend, you can be having a bad day. You can be attacked from all sides by the devil, but if you got the joy of the Lord, if you got strength in your soul the joy of the Lord can be your strength when you got joy in your problem when you got joy in your trouble you can know that the kingdom of God has come down to you Woo! oh somebody clap your hands to the Lord and thank you for righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Ghost hallelujah hallelujah Oh, thank God, this kingdom is awesome. This kingdom works. If you will try it, it will work. I promise you, if you will repent of your sins, it'll work. He will forgive you of your sins. If you will say, Pastor, I want to be baptized, it'll work. It'll wash your sins away. 
Oh, if you'll give your life to the Lord, the kingdom of God will come near to you. Praise God. Have you ever purchased something with an expectation that it would work and it didn't? Get this tomato slicer. This weeder, it'll, it'll eat the weeds. It'll hoe your garden for $19.95. But wait, there's more. We've all bought stuff with high hopes. It didn't work. Friends, the kingdom of God works. And it's free. No money-back guarantees necessary. I'll tell you what doesn't work. It doesn't work when you try to save yourself. It doesn't work when you play religious games. It doesn't work when you come to church religiously and go through the motions, but your heart is like ice and your attitude stinks to high heaven. You say, well, at least I'm going to church. I'm good. I'm okay, friend. That doesn't work. That, that reminds me of the guy that was, he, he, he got too close to the cliff. He, he kind of fell over the cliff, but he caught a branch before he went all the way to the bottom. And he screamed out. He said, help! Help! Somebody up there, help me! And this voice said, let go of the branch. The guy said, is there anybody else up there? <laughs> Friend, there's just some things you can't do. You've got to trust. You've got to have faith. You've got to believe in the promises of the Word of God. It doesn't work when you try to save yourself. It doesn't work when you try to find your own way to God. The Pharisees, as I mentioned, had developed their own man-made salvation, and they taught for doctrine the commandments of men. In fact, Jesus accused them of believing the traditions of men, if you can imagine, more than the commandments of God. Jesus said, I am the door. I am the way. Any man who tries to get in another way is a thief and a robber. You cannot save yourself. Good works will not save you. Good attitude will not save you. Philanthropy will not save you. Kindness alone will not save you. Ephesians 2, 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that out of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Can you say amen to the word of the Lord? Amen. Praise God. God's plan works. It works every time it is used, without exception. As long as Adam and Eve worked God's plan, it worked. When they didn't work God's plan, it broke down, right? Broke communication with God. God gave Noah a plan. He said, build the ark according to this pattern. I want it this long. I want it this wide. I want it this high. I want one door and one window. And Noah faithfully executed God's plan, and the ark worked. Hallelujah. Everybody say, it worked. it worked. Praise God. It worked. The Ten Commandments that God gave Moses at Sinai, they worked then and they still work now. Praise God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and him only shall you serve. I, the Lord God, am a jealous God. That still works. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Amen. The Ten Commandments still work. Praise God. Do not bear false witness. In other words, don't tell lies on people. That still works. Don't cheat on your spouse. That still works every time it's tried. And being faithful in a monogamous, heterosexual relationship. That still works. Praise God. Praise God. Don't steal. That still works. You know, this shoplifting is a problem in America, but I'll tell you what's worse than that is employee theft. Not anybody from the life church. 
Praise God. It still works, to be honest. God gave Moses what was called the tabernacle plan. It was crude. It was roughshod. It wasn't perfect, but it worked for that day. And they would bring the sacrifice, and they would slit the throat of the animal, and they would catch the blood, and they would wash at the laver, and they would burn incense to purify the, the, the putrid air that had been contaminated with the smell of burning flesh. And the priest would go once a year behind the veil, friend, and the glory would come down. Amen. It was crude. It was rude, but it worked. God's plan works. Amen. The Beatitudes that Jesus gave us work. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Matthew 5, 3. Matthew 5, 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. That still works. Hallelujah. If you want mercy, you got to give mercy. If you want people to be merciful on your kids, you better be merciful on other people's kids. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Oh, hallelujah. The kingdom of God works. Now, I want to turn your attention to Matthew chapter 5, and I'm... I'm going to quickly bring this message to a close, but I want you to hear this. Excuse me, Galatians 5, 19. Galatians 5, 19. Listen to this. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbirths of wrath, Selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, which means drunken wild parties, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice those things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Is it still okay to preach against sin? <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Praise God. I, I'm glad to say I'm for more things than what I'm against, but there's some things that I'm against that the Bible's against. Hallelujah. Amen. These things don't work for the spirit-filled child of God. These works of the flesh, friend, will work corruption in the flesh. They will work damnation in your life. They will work destruction in your soul. They will work not for your good, but for evil. That's why the Bible says flee these things. Deny yourself these things. Put these things out of your life. They don't work in the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit works. Verse 22, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Can you say amen? amen? Now, when we gather in this house, it's vital that we let the kingdom of God work. Praise God. I'm not strong enough, I don't have enough charisma or personality to do one thing for anybody. This message will do absolutely nothing unless you receive it with faith in your heart. Listen, it's not church at the Life Church until the kingdom of God operates. It's never good enough for us to sing three songs, have the choir, have a nice little sermon wrapped up in a bowl, and go eat hamburgers. That's never been enough for us. Amen? Amen. Praise God. We never close a service without inviting everyone to the altar. Why do we do that? Because the kingdom of God starts working. Oh, hallelujah. The kingdom of God begins to work. If we will let it work, it will work. That's why we want everybody to come forward in just a few moments when I open up this altar. Amen. We've got to get over this thing that an altar call is just for dirty, rotten sinners. Friend, that's who we all are, but by the grace of God. We've got to get over this thing that, oh, my, my people are going to think my life is messed up. Can I tell you something? Everybody's messed up. So get over it. And if they're not messed up today, you just caught them on a good day. 
They were messed up last Sunday. They'll be messed up next Sunday. So let's bring our mess to the altar and let's put it under the blood and let's let the kingdom of God begin to work together. Oh, hallelujah. I'm preaching to people. It's been a while since the kingdom of God has come near to you. It's been a while since the kingdom of God has come down upon you. It's been a while since you had a touch from the kingdom of God. Friend, when we pray, when we pray, it works. Prayer is in the kingdom of God and prayer works. The Bible says whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you want them and you shall have them. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Everybody say prayer works. Oh, hallelujah. I dare you. I double dare you. I double dog dare you to pray. If you want to touch God today, just close your eyes, open up your mouth, engage your heart, and say, Jesus, I need you. I promise you on the authority of the word of God that the kingdom of God will come down to you. Oh, I love to worship God because when we worship, we activate the presence of God. When we worship, the Spirit of God begins to move. The Bible says in Psalms that the worship of God's people is God's habitation. Oh, that's where he sets up his abode. That's where he abides. That's where he fellowships. When we worship him, friend, uh, every time we come into this house, we've got to invite the kingdom of God to come down through worship as we have today. Oh, the kingdom of God operates through faith. Everybody say faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So then faith, how does faith come? It comes by hearing. Hearing what? Hearing by the word of God. Oh, hallelujah. The kingdom of God works through prayer. It works through worship. It works through faith. It works through preaching. God has chosen through the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And the kingdom of God works when we get in an altar service like we're going to get into in just a minute. And we're going to come together and we're going to seek God for a few moments. Oh, hallelujah. I've got a word for somebody today. I've got a word for you today. If you feel alone, if you feel like you got the weight of the world on your shoulders, if you feel like the enemy has backed you up in a corner, if you feel like there are addictions and vices and problems and situations you don't know what to do with, can I tell you something? If you will stand on the Word of God and open your mouth and declare that God is true, all of heaven will back you up. Yeah. Hallelujah. Don't you love it? Moses comes walking in to Pharaoh. Moses has been sunburned. He looks like a dried prune. He walks in. He's been in the desert for 40 years. He stutters. He's meek. He, he can't communicate very well. And he walks up to the most powerful man in the world who's the, who's the pharaoh of the most powerful empire in the world. He says, I got a message. Let my people go. Friend, he wasn't speaking for himself. He wasn't representing himself. Oh, come on, somebody. Amen. He had backing. He had support. Amen. He had all of the resources of God. He had all of the power of heaven that was backing him up. Oh, when you stand for the Lord, when you stand for truth, you've got the kingdom of heaven all behind you at your disposal. Paul said, if God be for us, who can be against us? Listen, young people, when you stand for the Lord at school, when you stand for the Lord this summer, and when you say, no, I'm not going to get high, no, I'm not going to go to that party, they might make fun of you, they might swear at you, but someday they're going to swear by you because the Bible says that heaven and earth is going to pass away, but the Word of God is never going to pass away. The fashion of this world comes and goes, but he that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. When you take a stand for God, God, you don't stand by yourself. All of heaven says, that's my boy. That's my girl. I'm backing him up. Yeah. Hallelujah. Get the picture of Elijah by himself. He's on Mount Carmel. He doesn't have a choir. He doesn't have a prayer group. He doesn't have a support group. It's just lies. And 850 false prophets that are full of the devil. 
How do you know that? I know that because the Bible said when they called out to their God, they cut themselves. Mutilation is not a part of the kingdom of God. Our Savior was mutilated for us. He was pierced. Get it? For us. We don't need to mutilate ourselves. Hallelujah. Amen. And when Elijah stood against those prophets, all of heaven backed him up. And they screamed and they wailed. And he got, he, Elijah got so confident in the kingdom, he said, well, maybe your God's on a vacation. Maybe your God's deaf. Maybe he needs to turn up his hearing aid. Maybe he's falling asleep. He kind of got into it. Finally, when they were all done, he built the altar back. He put the sacrifice on it. He poured, I don't know how many hundreds of gallons of water on it. And then he stood back. And he prayed a 63-word prayer. He said, oh, God, let all Israel know. Let these prophets know that you alone are God. And he lifted his hands, and fire came down from heaven, and it consumed the sacrifice, and it licked up the water, and they destroyed those prophets, and they had revival in Israel that day. Oh, somebody needs to know that heaven will back you up. <laughs> Hallelujah say well what does that have to do with me I'll tell you what it has to do with you if you are bound today by any spirit of the world if you are bound today with any addiction if you are bound today with pornography or with seduction or with nicotine or alcohol or any kind of perversion or any kind of lying spirit can, are you listening to me today? Amen. Come on, right, help me now. Amen. If you're bound today, can I have a better amen? amen? Listen, listen. If you will confess it, heaven will back you up. If you're bound by any of the things that I've read by the word of God today, friend, that is not the kingdom of God. You are bound by another kingdom. You are bound by another empire. But I got good news for you. There's a kingdom that's greater than that kingdom. There's an empire that's greater than that empire. It's going to take a kingdom to deliver you from the kingdom of darkness. And that kingdom is in this building today through the spirit-filled believers. Somebody stand and clap your hands to the Lord and let your voice out and shout unto him with a voice of victory today oh come on somebody let your voice out bless his name and praise his name oh hallelujah the kingdom of heaven has come near you oh kingdom of God come near Woo. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I want the kingdom of God to come near. I want it to come near every one of us today. Oh, hallelujah. I want to give you a before and after picture in the Bible to show you the difference between the two kingdoms that are at work in the world today, the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God. The picture is found for us in the book of Mark. And the Bible says that when Jesus came to this particular area, that there was a man, as soon as Jesus got out of the boat, this man who lived in the tombs. That's a little hint that he's messed up. He has an unclean spirit, and nobody could bind him. He would break chains. He had superhuman strength. And the chains had been pulled apart and the shackles broken in pieces. And he comes running to Jesus and his hair is askewed and, and his face has a, a mixture of blood and sweat. And, and his body is repulsive with a pungent odor. And he doesn't have a stitch of clothes on his body. And he's got scars and, 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 and dried blood. And he runs to Jesus. And Jesus... Cast the evil spirit out of him. And the next picture, the Bible says he's sitting and he's got clothes on. Praise God. In the kingdom of God, it'll make you want to wear clothes. Hallelujah. Kingdom of God will make you want to cover yourself. Are you listening to me? Praise God. And the Bible says he was in his right 
mind. You ever just get ticked off at the devil? Look what he does. This man is tormented. This man is insane. This man, the community doesn't know what to do with him. All they can come up with is put more chains on him. That's the devil for you. That's the kingdom of Satan. He will use you. He will abuse you. He will throw you away. But here came the kingdom of God. The next picture. Ah, looks like Jesus was here. That crazy man. All the devils, thousands of devils were cast out of him, ran into the pigs. The pigs ran over the precipice. They drowned in the Sea of Galilee. Here he is. He's cleaned up. He's got a shave and a haircut. He's got clothes on. He's in his right mind. Jesus was there. The kingdom of God came down. Every time the kingdom of God is tried, it'll work. Hallelujah. Several years ago, I was teaching a Bible study to a very intelligent man. His name is Frank Bailey. Very tall, strong man. Had a chemical engineering degree. I believe from Marquette University. I was teaching him a Bible study. The reason I was teaching him a Bible study is he was interested in one of the young ladies in our church at that time. And I wasn't about letting him marry her until he got in the kingdom of God. I'm just doing my job. Brother Arnold said, just a slob doing my job. And uh, so I got him in a Bible study. He was kind, he was courteous, but he was very intellectual. His idea of being a, a scientist was, I got to be able to see it, measure it, taste it, smell it, calculate it, or it's not real. And I was trying to tell him about the presence of God. I'd been with him eight or ten weeks. I said, Frank, you're not going to be able to figure this out. I just want you to come to church one time and try it just one time I said and when you get to church I dare you to let God touch your soul I showed him what to do I taught him how to lift his hands I taught him how to close his eyes I taught him how to repent of his sins I taught him how to worship God before he ever got to church and I'll never forget that Sunday night when he came to church about six foot five big strapping man about 28 years old he's about right here in the, in the in the relative aspect of our church he was about right there and he lifted up his hands and I was praying with somebody else and I hear somebody blubbering and bawling like a baby and and carrying on and I look over and it's the chemical engineer he's going <laughs> oh hallelujah the kingdom of God came near and filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and he spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave him utterance. He's still serving the Lord today. And yes, I did marry him. Hallelujah. They got children. They're, vi they're viable leaders in that congregation today. What am I saying? I'm saying that every time you try to let the kingdom of God work in your life, it'll work. It doesn't matter if you need forgiveness of your sins. It doesn't matter if you need peace in your tormented mind. It doesn't matter if you just need strength to go through something. It doesn't matter where you are. If you'll try it, if you call out to God, it'll work, friend. I got book on you. Hallelujah. It'll work. It'll work. It'll work. It'll work. It'll work. It'll work. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I want you to close your eyes with me, and we're going to sing a chorus in just a moment. And we're going to open up this altar. And Lord, right now, I just pray over this congregation. They've been such a great audience, such good listeners. Many of them have engaged their hearts, Lord, and been edified by your word. And I just pray that faith will spring up now. 
Lord, whatever's needed in any life today, that faith will spring up and that the Word of God will begin to germinate and take root in somebody's spirit today. Lord, let someone have an anticipation right now that when they come forward around this altar, that whatever their need is, you will meet them at the point of that need. Lord, your kingdom will come near to them. Lord, you will draw near to them. You will answer their fears. You will calm, Lord, the storm. You will minister to their life. Lord, I pray it in the name of Jesus by the authority of your word. I want to encourage you today. Let's just come, everybody. I want everybody to come around this altar. We're going to sing a chorus. Let's do it. And let's come around the altar right now. And let's begin to pray. Let's begin to worship the Lord. Let's lift up our hands. Let's get in the presence of God. Let's see what God will do today. Let's see how the kingdom will operate today. Come on, everybody come. Everybody come. Your first time, your thousandth time. It doesn't matter. Just come and spend a moment in the presence of God. And let's see what God will do today. Let's see how the Lord will begin to operate today and how we will begin to move. Come on, I dare you to get in the presence of God. I challenge you, I invite you to pursue His presence right now. Oh, hallelujah, that's right. Come on, somebody lift up your voice. Somebody lift up your heart. Somebody pray with somebody. Look around and see if there's somebody beside you that might need to be encouraged. That might need to be strengthened in the Lord. Hallelujah. This is the kingdom. This is how the kingdom works. This is how the kingdom operates. This is how the kingdom flows. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, yes, my friend. It's time to close your eyes. It's time to put your head back. It's time to open your mouth and draw near to God. Draw near to Him. Hallelujah. to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at the Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.